Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to be my friend, and I do, you had better go and get up. So I will. And maybe we could keep in touch. We should. Like they did in the old days, it wasn't so long ago. It really wasn't. Oh, and I wish you well. Hope you wish me well. Daniel and Rory. Hey, you did it in the right order. Yeah. Thanks, I knew that you'd like that. (laughs) I want to give... I'm tired of Taken. I want to give. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm tired of the movies Taken, and I'm tired of Taken. (laughs) Takening. I'm so excited because next week we get to start reading reviews people have left with their little messages. Your little message reviews, folks. Keep them short because you're only going to get a short answer. Can I just say welcome to November? We're finally there. We always talk about it. We do. Remember every when we first became friends, we're like, when is November going to be? I'm looking forward to after the holidays because think of the pen pal letters we'll get coming out of that stuff. Oh, my God. That's exciting. (laughs) Mom punched herself. That'll be like the subject of one of them. Can I can I just kick this off with a sure. post Halloween scary story? Yeah, because we did talk about wanting some scary stories. Well, we got some. We we we're not. I don't have them today, but what, what we do have ghost stories sent to us. Yes, and you remember our discussion from a couple weeks ago? I think it was two or three weeks ago. Um, we talked about like what's what's the the glass ceiling that makes me go fuck? I'm out we're of this out house. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know if that's the right phrase for that. Um, you want, you want some truth? Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Uh, my wife, her name is Jordan. Mm-hmm. Her brother-in-law. What if you said somebody else's name and I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. My wife, 
Kimbrell. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Her brother, Jordan's brother-in-law. Brother-in-law goes to South Africa, Cape Town, buys a little colorful wooden giraffe statue thing for our daughter, okay. brings it back. Uh-huh. Now, I'm gone. I'm, like, on the road during uh-huh. all of this. Uh-huh. Brings it back. My daughter wants to play with it. Jordan says, no, it's going to live right here on the dresser, and that's where it'll stay. Uh, it's decoration for your bedroom. Sure. Jordan comes in, and she sees that the giraffe is now facing the crib, and she thought, she couldn't remember if she said it like that, but she yeah. asked my daughter, did you turn right. the giraffe right. uh, to face the crib? She says no. So Jordan decides, all right, I am picking up the giraffe. I am placing it here. Right. I am facing it in this direction. That is that. <sighs> Next morning. Mm-mm. No. At like 2 a.m. No. My daughter wakes up screaming no. for my wife to come in. Jordan goes in. The giraffe is once again turned facing the crib. Stop! Jordan tells me this when I come home. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where is the... They, wait, so they didn't go straight to a hotel? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having normal instincts. She was like, I go, where is it now? Bed. She goes, I have it in the freezer. The she f- goes, it's wooden. She goes, it's from, it's, it's traveled from another country. You don't know what, what is in the wood. Or what type of wood? She goes, so she said, I have it in the freezer just to kill anything or that it might have traveled with. Or your food. Thank you. Or it might have traveled with. And also, for some reason, I think we all felt like if there's an evil spirit or any kind of spirit within the giraffe, it can't do anything about being in the freezer. <laughs> Jordan decides uh, to look into what she should do with the giraffe. I'm thinking we throw it into a wood chipper. Yeah. She decides to put it outside and explain to it that it's not cool to come in here and haunt us. Leaves it outside. Now I'm like... A friend's mother says, leave it out there until the full moon. After the full moon, invite it back into your house. Tell it that you are here to protect it if it is willing to protect you. And make sure it sits somewhere in your home where it's always showered in sunlight. Wait, Rory. Let, oh. let me finish. Let you let me finish. <laughs> right, you are. DVK, are so you many things. She s- puts it in the window. I'm home and I'm like, whoa, that's back? That's <laughs> back in the house. She's like, yeah, it's back in the house. I took some advice and I did that. I'm like, and you think that works? You think that's going to work? So now this thing, the way it ended, I explained to her that it gave me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I told her, I don't know what I believe. I couldn't tell you if that thing is possessed or not, but why risk it is where I'm coming from. Why do you, why? Giraffe is now gone uh, at a, this is my favorite part. That giraffe now lives at a Goodwill somewhere. So someone else is going to haunt their house. And that's how you get a sequel out of these franchise movies. (laughs) My family Rory. was murdered by a demon. Why not? And so right before closing credits, you pull out to reveal the statue is now at a Goodwill. Right. And and the last couple frames is you see a kid walk in and go, oh, mommy. And that's it. You cut to. Yeah. And it's like, well, everyone's going to go see the second one. Okay. But you really feel like you had a thing in your house. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and lights, lights have been flickering. Stop. Okay, Jordan. Your- Jordan also explained to me. She goes, "You know, that could have just been a conduit. That spirit could now be here, even though we've gotten rid of the giraffe." I'm like, "You did this to us." No, her brother did it. Brother-in-law. Brother, but yeah. he didn't know, or did he? 
Or did he on the next Unsolved Mysteries? Okay, so let me ask you, what's the, what's the threshold for, you're like, we're out. We're out of this house. What is it? Last night. Mm-mm. Last night. Mm-mm. Uh, we now have a nightlight in our daughter's room, mm-hmm. and it's one of those salt rock things that you can yep. light up so you can change the intensity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Love them Made fun of it, but now I love it. Yeah. And I love that you can make it really bright or really you know low. What? It's you very, just, it's you good just explained a whole comics path. Made yeah. fun of it, now I love it. Exactly. And that's everything <laughs> I've ever cared about. I made right. fun of first. And uh, last night, my daughter is uh, crying. So I go in, and she's like, the light keeps getting brighter. Mm-mm. And so I turn it down, and I'm like, we're going to bed. And as I walk from her room to mine, I out loud go, fuck with me, but don't fuck with her. I gotta sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this demon has now just become a standard roommate that's coming in too late. I know, that's like what Jordan did. She like had a conversation. <laughs> look, look, you're fine. We brought you in. We get it. Okay? We've signed the lease. <laughs> However, we've, we've got to the work together. We've signed the, the, the paranormal lease. So what's your threshold? Because I just did a story on the live dump people town where a woman walked into her child's bedroom and her child was being dra- her toddler was being dragged across the floor by an invisible entity. Okay. Well, and then and then that's I, gonna that would that would be it for me. That's what I'm wondering. They're like, still there. And then another kid came over to their house and said the kid like when the kid went back home, they're like, "Did you have fun at Jacobs or whatever it was?" And he was like, "There was a there was a scary fat man in the bedroom." And so then the, this was right before the kid was getting dragged across the floor. And then the, they did like a two hour seance there, and they were like, "Yeah, well, it, they figured out who they think the spirit is, but they're yeah. still living there." So Did I'm asking, they cleanse? Can you, can you get rid of a spirit? They've tried, but they don't know. So I'm asking you, you go in and your daughter is being dragged across the floor. We're out. You're out? We're out. We're out 100%. Good. I'm not letting my kid get murdered by a ghost. I know. Even if that ends up needing to be the third installment of the franchise. <laughs> you know what I mean? The third when you're always like, what's the first family up to again? Yeah, <laughs> we go back. Even though I just said we were all murdered. <laughs> they somehow lived in an alternate universe. Oh. So, anyways, that's the deal, and I, I, I was shocked was that small, we had this little, conversation, like, and then that happened. Yeah, was it a small little like wooden giraffe? You know what I think? Uh, I think my wife took a picture of it. Go right now to the uh, to our pen pals Instagram, uh, the pen pals pod. Yeah, on Instagram, and you'll see the picture of the giraffe. And I'll, uh, you know, what I, I'm just trying to. I, I, I think the picture that we have uh-huh. that we'll post. It shows you a ratio of like what its height is or okay. like how big it is. It's not huge. But People should also understand that we are not liable for if the demon enters their life by your looking soul. at the photo. Yeah. Like right. if you look into the eyes of it and it somehow goes through the phones into your soul. That's, that's on you. That's your life. Right. <laughs> that's If you're goth, that might be your RRGT. So <laughs> you want to do some letters today? Let's get to the letters. I love it over here. God. Letter corner. Uh, I want you to go first. All right. You don't have to yell at me. Good God. I'm not yelling. Don't you it's... love when people do that? <laughs> I'm not yelling. Yes, you are. That's the definition of yelling. And the, you know what else I love? Oh, you'll know when I'm yelling. Be like, yeah. Well, cool, because I do. Yeah, I, you're right. And it's now. <laughs> oh, this one's going to be a fun one. This is uh, We got this one through the uh, Gmail. That's the pinpalspot at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, we are going to uh, get into it. The subject is millennials. We... Are doomed. Mm, right, Dear Rory and Daniel. Well, now you know why I chose this letter. Never listened. They must not be a regular listener. 
Um, by the way, for any listeners who write Dear Rory and Daniel, you can rest assured there's a good chance that I will be reading your letter. Because now Daniel we're gonna get is... all those, and then you're gonna get people mad at you. No, I think if people specifically write "Dear Rory and Daniel," they're clearly saying who they want to read the letter. If okay. they say "Dear Daniel and Rory," they clearly are if saying that's true. Well, from now on, it'll be true. Now that we've announced it, we've put it out in the universe. But they should also know we don't give a shit. If I really like your letter more than Rory, I might read it anyway, even though you wrote it to him first. Interesting. Hmm. You're only gonna read Rory. I didn't first? know you were gonna high road me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, do it. Dear Rory and Daniel, I can't take it anymore. My younger co-workers whine, bitch, and cry. Parentheses, like, actually cry, because they think work is too hard. Every day, someone complains because working 35 hours, not even 40, is so hard. They can't believe they're held accountable for the quality of their work. They mope and pout when they get called out for being unproductive asshats, and they are so rude to our managers with no respect for authority and rules. Today, someone cut her hours, wait for it, because she got married. She needs more time to be a wife. Seriously? That's a thing? Can I cut my hours because I want to spend more time with my dog? Sorry, boss. I have a new dog. I need to work less and be a dog mom now. <laughs> I'll tell you what I like so much about this is mm. that the, this is some ranting that's in this. Oh, there's emotion behind this. There, this you could do this on stage. Right. <laughs> the person, who, the pen pal that wrote this took no time between yeah. feeling and writing. Yeah. It's all happening at the same my point is, I'm surrounded by a generation of people who don't want to work. They don't want to be held accountable for the quality of their work, and their feelings get hurt anytime you tell them to suck it up and do their job. My older peers are hard workers. They put their heads down, crank out the good stuff, and keep their mouth shut. They say thank you when they're giving money, giving money, and time to go to conferences. They show appreciation when our managers buy them lunch and give them gifts. My younger peers complain because the insulated cup they gave us isn't a real Yeti. These are the people who are going to care for us when we're in the home. They're going to be in charge one day and make laws. I wonder if any work will get done or if they'll just hand out participation ribbons and pat people on the back for coming to work on a Tuesday. What happened to a strong work ethic? When did people become so lazy? How did we get here? And can we be saved? Signed, tired of passing tissues to the babies and the cubes beside me. Wow. Thanks, T-O-P-T-T-T-B-I-T-C-B-M. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did that for you. Uh, but here's my issue, and I think this is what Tired of Passing Tissues of the Babies in the Cubes Beside Me is trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get to the heart of top. There is top. Great. This is a good question, I think. Do you think it's true? I mean, I understand they're speaking from their experience, which I can't argue with. But in your experience, do you think that all those opinions hold up? You know, I I wonder. I really wonder what. I really wonder what the deal is. I wish the listener could see you so gracefully put on that sweatshirt. And I'm not joking. It's it's a hoodie. I've learned. I've learned I can't go over the headphones and stuff. It's too tough. (laughs) You have adapted, man. I've adapted to the climate. Um. But here's what I'm uh, I'm wondering, and yeah, I went with the cord inside the zipper, <laughs> so I'm still learning. What are you doing? Cardio? I'm obviously still learning. What are you doing cardio? <laughs> you want that cord flopping around? 
I, uh, I, 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 I've, I hear this a lot when mm-hmm. people complain about it's very millennials. In, in vogue to shit on millennials. Very in vogue. It, it is, and I, I don't know. I feel like my awareness of it is lacking, or, or it's in specific fields, or you know what I mean. Like I just don't know that I witness it or see it what well, i do witness for us and to see say what we usually say we're not part of the general workforce so we, our expertise on this might not be as well served yeah but, but I we mean, still have an opinion we interact with people a yeah, lot yeah. yeah and even you know even uh even in what we do younger comedians who would say i'm a millennial like mm-hmm. i i i don't think that i necessarily care how much they work or don't work or mm-hmm. how successful they are or aren't successful i think i've gotten past the point in my career where I have some sort of jealousy where I've determined that someone hasn't worked harder than me, but yet has succeeded more, you know? I mean, I think it's natural to go through that phase, but I think at some point you got to come out of it and just go, oh, that's not how it works. There isn't a line that we're all waiting in to go, it's my turn to be Mm -hmm. successful. Um, But I don't know specifically what it is i mean who are these employers that are okay with this type of behavior i mean is there literally nobody to choose from to work these jobs that you have to pick people who complain about working 35 hours and and truly you know i I gotta say there seems to be a little bit of hyperbole yeah. In this letter about the behavior, although maybe they really did cry since they I, said I like can, actually I, crying. I can believe the uh, ooh, Rory. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, the hood guys, is up. I'm, I'm hoodie up now. You know what's funny? If I, <laughs> the picture I took of you from last week's episode, <laughs> you we were recording them back to back, but you are in a completely different look right now, and we've got to share it. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Hmm. God, it feels good. Good I turned, snap. I turned the sound on. Told good. you you like it, right? I do like it. I knew when it happened. <laughs> right. Um, this feels a little hyperbolic. I don't know. I mean, what is the job? Like, you guys, obviously, it's a cube farm. You're in cubicles, and people are crying. They're complaining. And, you know, at what point is it? Is it uh, personalities and not a generation of people? I mean, our generation, we were, that's, this is what we were told. We were, we didn't work hard enough and all we cared right. about was video games and right. we don't respect older people. And now, right. you know, here we are in our, our, our generation of late thirties, early forties, you know, are we, I feel like our generation is sustaining just fine in in the workforce and, you know, contributing. And I even think potentially the person who wrote this letter is probably our age, uh, Claiming I work hard and I put my head down and I'm like, well, I feel like I do that, you know, too. I feel like I definitely did do that when I had uh, jobs uh, outside of stand up. I feel like I was a respectful, good, hardworking contributor to whatever company I was working for. But that doesn't mean someone didn't look at me and go, well, you don't do it as good as I do it and think that I'm a lazy piece of shit. You know, I mean, there's people because I do stand up. There's people who oh, go, yeah. I go, well, I do stand-up. And they go, yeah, well, I have a real job. And it's like, oh, all right, well, my job has anxiety for the rest of my life every single second because right. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. Right. But if that's – you're having a real job is what you do, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly think maybe that I have a very real job because my entire job 
earnings are based completely on my personality. And performance. And performance. And I am literally giving a presentation at my job every single second that I'm at my job. And constantly interviewing <laughs> for that job. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Yeah. And I, I can imagine, and, and what I just told you is a lot of work. You're constantly traveling. You're constantly on edge. You have no idea if you're ever going to make it. The money for about 10 years, for most comics, stand-up comics, the money isn't great for about mm-hmm. 10 years. For about a decade, the business is trying to separate the adults from the children in terms of who's going to go and who's going to, who's, who's not going to be able to do what? it, who wants it more. Um yeah, I, 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 even saying all that, someone still goes, ah, you guys are a bunch of potheads who go on stage and tickle each other. And it's like, well, you're not necessarily wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Even in the context of us going, this is a hard job and it takes a lot of sure. work and it takes a lot of emotion, someone still thinks you and I are lazy piles of shit. Right. That, so what I'm wondering is, is this letter that? Well, could I ask what happened to a strong work ethic? I think that there's a lot of, I mean, here. What do you think this job is? That's, I don't know. I was thinking about that too. First of all, you have every right to bitch if you don't get a Yeti, a Yeti product. <laughs> a, re- a really expensive Yeti. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe the company is not dropping coin on the Yeti You have gear. every right to bitch about that. I, I don't know. I was feeling like 35 hours. I don't know. I could have seen it as like a, anything from like BuzzFeed to a, fucking data entry place i have no idea yeah um i get it i've seen the people that are being said, talked give about. them money and time to go to conferences so maybe they're teachers i don't know i bet they're not teachers cubicles no way oh is that in there oh you're right cubicles is in there maybe it's insurance sales i don't know maybe they all work at state farm in phoenix I mean, maybe it's just gener- – is it as simple as it's generation gener- generational? Like you always just think the next generation is lazier? You just always think that they've got it easier or you always think that they don't care as much or they don't respect as much? I mean that is such a common – But there is like – there was – I don't know how much is happening anymore, but starting in like the 90s, there was this huge push to like every child is special. Everything you do is special. You're a special individual. You deserve to get the best. You should be at the front of the line. You get a trophy. Like there was is a that big, real? Yeah, there was like a big push for that. And what ended up happening is, is you kids were then growing up not understanding that maybe they're just the third best at that, and that's that's and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and before any of you decide that you're going to blame Mister Rogers for that, watch that documentary where that oh, no, it's that not issue Rogers is clearly thing. addressed. Yeah. In it's, that documentary. Yeah. No, it's not a Mister Rogers that thing. Sweet man, you fucking animals. But the thing I also wonder is maybe it's a give and take, right? Because, okay, maybe, and I'm saying maybe with all caps, maybe millennials don't have the best work ethic. But are they also maybe have of any generation have the most acceptance and progressive thought towards people of different backgrounds and sexualities and Did genders? Did you say backgrounds? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sexualities and religious beliefs that they're the most tolerant generation? Like, maybe there's a give and take to that. Yeah. That you're like, well, yeah, maybe they aren't the best workers, but you know what? They also care the most about people of any generation. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to speak to it. I'm also kind of, full disclosure, not taking anything away from T-O-P-T-T-T-B-I-T-C-B-M, but 
I don't, I'm just kind of sick of the like shitting on millennials thing. I, I heard somebody once say recently, like, if you want to get a huge click on your article, write how millennials are killing blank. Millennials are killing banks. Millennials are killing TV shows. Millennial, like, just like blame them for the downfall of anything and their lack of interest in it, and and you'll get a lot of eyeballs on your work. Yeah, write your or your BuzzFeed article, whatever it is. I guess what we're. Are you, what are you perusing? Well, I'm coming to realize that I'm a millennial. I know I am too. So 1980 to 1994. Right. So I think there's also a misconception over what that gap is as to what is a millennial. Right. Because if you're born in 1995, you're 23 right now. You just graduated college. I think people. I, I think. I guess I always thought I was Gen X. We we're on the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty. Right. Yeah. Ugh, nobody put us down for things because you now know our birth year. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it out. <laughs> no, I don't care. Um, one, that's also surprising. Millennials, 1980 to 1994. Right. Um, which makes me... Because we came of age at the millennium. Yeah, but I also don't think that that... Great, nice job. I would have never guessed that. For a million dollars. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not good at those things. That's all right. And because of it, I don't want to work 40 hours a week. And the next generation after us has been raised entirely on the internet. 100% on the internet, and then the generations that only interact with each other on screens yeah, only. They don't even actually have... And dude, they haven't even done studies yet as to like what that does to us and what that does to kids. We'll know soon enough. I oh, know. I think they know what it does to kids. I mean, I think it's all... Ob- how much it stunts their like, object permanence and Look at people who work in their, Silicon like, imagination. Valley. Yeah. Look at people who work in Silicon Valley. Look at the head of Apple and how all these people say they don't let their kids have phones or screens because they know the thing that they made is... A f- is a disease, and they know that it's addictive, right. and people are becoming addicted to it and reliant completely, relying completely on it. Now, feel free to yell at me, Rory. I'm not but- gonna. I'm not gonna lie. When the shit hits the fan, and yeah. the fucking, we're at the the precipice of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and every, and I'm gonna go a little conspiracy here. And you got you got leaders in the world realizing what is happening in this transition of society and climate, realizing that, oh, here's an opportunity to not really have to be a country anymore. We can now actually rule the entire world if there are places that are reliant on certain things that they now can't function and they need us. Mm -hmm. Let's get 1984 out and just go straight. (laughs) Let's create it. Let's make it happen. Um, I lost my point completely. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, feel free to yell at me for this because I don't have kids. But people who are like, well, they need the iPad. We just give them the iPad to get through dinner at this Wrong. restaurant. Wrong. My thing is this. Wrong. Uh, that might make your dinner easier for you, the adults. But you know what happened 25 years ago? Everyone got through dinner anyway. Yeah. Or they were like, we have to wait until the kids are a little bit older to go out to dinner. And most of our go-out dinners are going to have to be centered around times that it's just us. But yeah. I just am like, that's not a fucking excuse. Nobody had that excuse 20 years ago. We we limit— To give them a we, fucking iPad all the way through dinner? Like, the, you're not even at—you're not even at dinner together. The only time we use an iPad currently mm-hmm. is to do this painting-drawing app 
where I'll give uh, my daughter the iPad and she colors and stuff. Something yeah. where I don't really consider it screen time. Sure. Because um, she's not watching something; she's right. participating and making and creating and blah blah blah. Right. Or you it's know, active. or when you Facetime, passive. when you Facetime family. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but also, uh, the the only time that we like give her an iPad to uh, distract her is only on flights. It's only on a plane, and it's specifically to watch uh, a few things that we have handpicked that are like men. to watch a few good men because that's the only thing that she'll watch. And it's, uh, it's like, Dad, you want me on that wall. It's Demi Moore's performance. Mm. It's Kevin Pollock's performance. Mm. It's Thomas's Cruz's performances. Yep. It's Jack Nicholson slash Nicholas when he golf? golfs, but also plays it. <laughs> 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 it's Kevin Bacon coming in to be a lawyer on the other side that you still respect, but he has to do it. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I we 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 pick out specifically what she watches, and it's usually slow editing. There is not a world. I'm not. I'm not going to tell any family, don't give your kid a screen. Like I don't want you telling me how to raise my my yep. kid. I'm not going to tell you to raise yours, but there is no part of me that will ever ever go. Oh yeah, you need to do some screens to get through dinner. My wife and I sit with our daughter, and we have conversations. With our child while she eats about the day, about stuff she's looking forward to, about stuff she likes or doesn't or she dislikes. And the foundation that we're trying to build is a communication uh, because the instinct and the the foundation of humanity is communal is community. And it is sitting around uh, a fire. There's a reason we're all drawn to sit around a fire with people and just look at a fire and and, and have conversation because that's our... That's our core of, of fire time for 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 all of history since yeah. fire was there and yeah. who knows what they did before that but I, they might have still been somewhat rock. communal outside of having basic communication sure you know um, but yeah to to sit around with a good meal and a glass of wine and to talk to people is so appealing that that's the relationship I want to have at the dinner table with my child in every setting. Forever, I want to connect and go, hey, this is the one hour, if it's an hour, let's just say it's an hour, this is the one hour that we get to sit here, lock eyes, and, like, connect. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as we leave this table, we might all have shit to do. Or we might all have shit that entertains us that we want to do. But here, in this space, this is when we, uh, we tighten the bolts on who we are as a family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also wanted to say, too, tired of passing tissues to the babies in the cubes beside me, is, you know, the last one of the last things I ask here is, why did when did people become so lazy? And I don't think what they've laid out here is people being lazy. I think it's someone saying, you know what? I'm married now. I want to spend more time with my husband or my wife. So I'm not interested in, I want to work less. Yeah. Or somebody saying, uh, I care more about other aspects of my life than I do this job thing. So uh, I'm not happy to have to work this hard. I don't want to. Now, I don't know the job. So, you know, if you're a fireman, you can't just be like, I don't feel like going to that fire. But. Maybe it's more about that people of a younger age put more of an emphasis on the things that make them happier in life than they do what they're supposed – like, well, you're supposed to work 
40 hours a week or 35 hours a week. And I don't, I'm not interested in that. And I understand that that can run, run a rift between people who are like, this is how shit's done. Yeah. But if you look at it, so many younger people these days are getting married later in life. They're having children later in life. And it's because they want to use those, t- that time in their twenties or early thirties or maybe mid thirties to do whatever they want with their life. I have no idea if what I've just found makes any sense or matters to this discussion. Let's get out. Um, with it. But it kind of it kind of goes with what you just said. And I'll just very quickly say this. It's from an article from theladders.com. It's called The Disconnect Between Baby Boomers and Millennials When It Comes to Work Ethic by Mark Laurie. It says baby boomers sometimes believe millennials are entitled and lazy, but this couldn't be further from the truth. Millennials have entered a professional world where their realities are wildly different from the ones boomers knew. Kind of what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. They prioritize things that don't make sense to boomers because their environment has different demands. For example, millennials expect to be fired or let go regularly, so they want work that is directly in line with their own career equity, which are the skills and experiences that help them improve their career prospects. They know their time is limited, so they don't invest in doing things outside their own path. Boomers, however, are used to working hard for a company in exchange for long-term investment in skills development and for security, like a retirement fund or pension. That's just the start of that. Uh, yeah, but I that's think, interesting. Uh, I think that's an interesting point. I can't tell you if all the facts say, yes, this Mark Lurie is correct and this research is blah, blah, blah. But I think that is an interesting thing to consider. Yeah. Great letter, though. Yeah. Thank sorry, you. Sorry, uh, tired of giving babies crayons or whatever. But, like... It's a tough one to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, and I appreciate you sending it in. And you know what? It comes right down to it. If somebody's not doing their job, no matter what the reasoning or the level, eventually they're going to get fired or weed themselves out. You so. also maybe don't really love that job and you don't want to be around those people. So I think you got to consider what makes you happy and you got to maybe. Because yeah. if, if you didn't care, you wouldn't care. You know what I mean? If you didn't care, you wouldn't care. That's yeah. a classic Danielism. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Sincerely, your pen pals, Rory Scoville and Daniel Van Kirk. last time you did something just for you discover your summer essentials with fat fit fun the best subscription box service delivering full-size self-care and wellness products delivered straight to your door their experts carefully pick from top trending products for you to personalize your own box of happiness just choose your plan and get ready for the best in home fashion beauty wellness and so much more so whether it's the perfect beach blanket a handy wine chiller, or aloe vera gel, FabFitFun has you covered for all of your fun in the sun needs. You'll get to choose some of the products to go in your box while the rest are a surprise. Plus, you can access other perks like flash sales and new items up to 70% off. FabFitFun is more than just an incredible value. It's me time in a box. All about the brands you love, the brands you will love, and doing something that's just for you. Visit fabfitfun.com for 50% off your first box while supplies last when you use code TALKSHOW. That's fabfitfun.com, code TALKSHOW. Hey, do you miss traveling with your besties like in Girls Trip? Do you miss going to huge family gatherings like in Soul Food? Do you miss meeting the parents like in Get Out? Well, actually, no one misses that. But you can still do all of these things with me, Desmond Thorne, on my podcast, Adventures in Black Cinema. Each week, I take you on a journey through a new black film... 
how it relates to the culture, and sometimes how the themes relate to my own life, so there's always a little tea and a slight bit of embarrassment. And of course, as a filmmaker myself and one of the blackest, film nerdiest film nerds like ever, you're always in good hands. Adventures in Black Cinema with Desmond Thorne, executive produced by Amanda Seals. New episodes every Tuesday on all major podcast platforms. Hey, Pen Pals, we're back. We've got another letter here for you. You want to get right into it, right? Dive. Dive. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the letters. All right. Okay, Rory, I feel like you're going to chew on this with dude, me. nice gasser, by the way. I just want to throw back. That was a nice gasser. Thanks, just dude. Thanks. You ran here, but then you ran back, back, and then you ran, ran here again. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. whoa. All right, ready? Yeah. Holy shit. Love this podcast. Love you both. Love your stand-up. Love it all. A lot of love. Love that. Yeah. God, I wanted to keep this as short as possible, but I found it difficult. That's somebody who wrote their whole email, went back in, and injected a line up top. And they did send us an email at thepenpalspod at gmail.com. Here we go. Continuing. My best guy friend and I have known each other for four years. Ever since I've known him, he's been very flirty with me, but in a funny way. Of course, it was fun and nice to feel wanted, but I was married, and he was in an on-again, off-again relationship. So I always playfully brushed it off. A year ago, he got his girlfriend pregnant. (laughs) They broke things off. (laughs) They broke things off during the pregnancy, pregnancy, and... In this time, he confessed his love for me. He told me he wanted to be with me no matter what people thought because he wanted to follow his heart. I had strong feelings for him as well, but I shut it down since the situation was too messy. I was married, albeit not a great marriage, and he had a kid on the way. Too much collateral damage. I told him I couldn't give him what he was asking for and asked that he stop with the flirtation and advances because I ultimately wanted to work on my relationship with my husband. So we stopped talking. Cut to a year later. We hadn't talked at all over the course of the past year. I didn't feel comfortable reaching out while he and his son's mother tried to co-parent and my husband and I tried to repair our marriage. One day, he randomly reached out with an old joke and, without missing a beat, we snapped back into great friends again. A month later, I asked my husband for a divorce. This had nothing to do with the best guy friend. I came to the realization that my husband and I were two different people looking for different things out of life. During my separation, best guy friend and I started talking more. Friendly at first, and then we started sexting. I tried to shut it down because I was feeling guilty, being that I wasn't legally divorced yet, but it escalated into us hooking up. All caps, right? Give me that all caps! It was incredible. Uh. I had no doubt it would be. We have such a, such a strong connection, and he's v- a very generous lover. Okay, he's not reading this. Sex. This, Sex. This made me... Div- I feel like he might have wrote this just to compliment his own performance. <laughs> the, let me do a pass on that letter before you send it into our pals. This made me develop even stronger feelings for him, and I ended up telling him that I wanted to follow my heart and be with him. Tables have turned. Yikes. Only to be told that he couldn't offer me what I was asking for because he wanted to work on himself. After hearing that I wasn't sure what to do. After hearing that. Oh, sorry. After hearing that, I wasn't sure what to do. Cut to now. A few weeks after hearing that, and I'm having a really hard time going back to friends after taking it to the next level. Emotionally... And physically. It seems impossible. I guess my question is, do I continue to hook up with him because I thoroughly enjoy it and I'm single now? Or do I take time to heal, stop talking to him, and move on? At some point, I'll start to date again and hooking up with him will eventually end. 
But my fear is that we is that what we both wanted at different points in time will never happen being together. It's just too hurtful for me to go back to being friends. Health. Sincerely, never the right time. NTRT. NTRT. Man, I'll tell you what, that is that's that's the that's the web of life right there. That's yep. everybody on a different timeline yep. feeling different things. Sometimes you're an adult and you're like, "Well, this just didn't fucking work." Can I just say that something that makes me feel a release and feels good is mm-hmm. that they did at least hook up so that they did at least know, "Hey, we were right. Sexually, we are a symphony." Yep. Like that does make me feel good. And I like not, that they're getting a, to find out and know for right. sure. And I like that they took a year off from talking to each other. Yeah. Like, really let people go down it, their own roads. Let it simmer. Yeah. You know, like making onions for a good bolognese. There we go. Um, man, that's uh, that's tough. I mean, I got to say, right out of the right out of the gate, if if this person is saying, uh, no matter what, it's not going to be the right time, and we'll never have what we both wanted then why pursue it? I feel like that's kind of your answer right there, right? Yeah. For me, this the answer... It's sad. The an- so he or she keeps asking us, um, you know, do I continue to hook up and enjoy it because I'm single? Do I stop talking and move on? Do I start dating? We'll eventually stop hooking up. My fear is that what we both wanted will never happen. And all those questions, the final sentence is this. It's just too hurtful for me to go back to being friends. Well, then you have your answer. You, you know, it's sad here. Like, I mean, he says uh, she, that he wants to work on himself. Uh, oh, the friend? The friend. He wants to work on himself, and that's why uh, he couldn't offer me what what was being asked. Uh, and after that, wasn't sure what to do. I... I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the level of intensity of. Well, I can't right now because I want to work on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people say that and they're at like a one, right? And it's like, you mean like what a month? And they're kind of like, I mean a month. Let me just. I just need to get my taxes done. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a real I mean? feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're literally like, look, I can't dive in this right now because I just have to finish figuring out, blah blah blah. Right. But if they're at a ten, they're like. I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Or yeah. something that's like sure, way more sure. different and way more extreme than, yeah, I just need to get through the next couple of weeks. Uh, or, hey, I really actually have to work on myself and maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe that. But it's it's extreme. It's out of 10. Right. In which case you're probably like, oh, okay, so you're, you don't like, or it's not that you don't like, but let's just say it's like, oh, you don't, you don't like where you are or who you are, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot more work that maybe you don't want to get caught up in someone's own individual journey of kind of sorting out their own life, you know, in which case you're like, yeah, and if if you did try to get involved with them, you may find it just ends up being heartbreak anyways because they're doing so much work on themselves right. that they can't give you happiness. I mean, maybe that's what he's saying is I can't give you happiness or joy. I feel like that's what was said the first time. Um. When uh, they were like, oh, my husband and I didn't have a great marriage, you know, maybe they were like, you know, I'm not trying to, I, I can't make you happy. I've got right. these other things. So, you know, it's, the, 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 there's a cynical voice in my brain that says like, he had sex with her, so now he's not interested. Which but is, I don't think that's the case. I don't know I'll that acknowledge that's... that that's a possibility, and that's why I said it, so 
all of our other pen pals don't yell at us for being like, obviously he just wanted to fuck her or him, fuck her or him. And then he, once he did it, he was like, oh yeah, I don't really want anything. I mean, but, that's a long friendship. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's the case. But, but because, because if that's the case, you're, you're, you're taking the path like, oh, that's the shallow version. That's the, right. that's the shittiest dude. But, and I'm just F2, I'm just F2 F in here. Do it, man. That's what we're here for. But there's a chance that the guy didn't love the sex, maybe. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I've built up this fantasy in my head of us being sexual together. Yeah. And while the reviews on his part are he crushed it, <laughs> maybe he's like, I didn't get what I wanted out of that. Yeah. And so now I don't want to pursue it or I feel differently about it. And but you know, he, so he had and sometimes sex. you can't just go, oh, well, that's shallow. It's like, well, maybe that's shallow. Maybe it's not shallow. I mean, the reality is that you have to work on your sexual part of your relationship just as you have to work on your social. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. two people have sex. That doesn't mean they're going to be having that type of sex five years from now. It could improve. It could get worse. You know what I mean? You kind of learn how to do it uh, together mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. I'm not trying to be negative, but that is a possible thing is that he was like, oh, now you want to go down the road and I didn't enjoy the sex, so maybe I don't want to. I'm just throwing that out there. Let's just say, though. I, there's a part of me that doesn't think that is the case. I agree. But I, I want to also put out the possibility that that so could be the case. Let's just say that it is what the what uh, NTRT is saying it is. NTRT said that, Look, NTRT, I think you're good in bed, okay? I'm not... Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it, you know, NTRT is saying it's just... It never seems like it's the right time Yeah. What, and what, what to do about that. I think on some level, you just have to look another adult in the eye and say, that really sucks, but uh, the I hold, I hold our time together as valuable, and I'm glad that it happened. You take care. I'm going to take care. Because I can't, there's like the in-between. You're obviously not going to be just friends. Side note, side note here in what you're saying. Yeah. She does say, after he says he couldn't offer me what I was asking for because he wanted to work on himself. After Mm -hmm. hearing that, I wasn't sure what to do. Cut to now, a few weeks after hearing that. So we're not even a month after having heard that. And because she's just trying, I'm having a really hard time going back to friends after taking it to the next level emotionally and physically. It seems impossible, right? Of course, that is the case a few weeks in, right? To getting this news, right? Also, that again makes me wonder how severe is his news on the scale of one to 10. You're also only a few weeks in. Here's my here's my just uh impulsive advice don't. Don't feel a need to react to any of this just yet. You've gotten information. Sure. In your mind, you're like, well, I can't go back to being friends, and obviously we're not going to hook up anymore, and it just didn't work out. Or you're just trying to figure out what to do. Know that there is there is no rush to figure out what the next move is, that your wants and needs are the thing that don't necessarily time out with what your options are. Are. It's not necessarily another person. It's you going, it's been three weeks and I just want to fuck him again. It's like, yeah, but in a week you might go, actually, I don't even care if I fuck him again. I kind of just want to go play Scrabble and have a beer and chat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your wants and needs 
adjust. It's how it's unfor- well, fortunately and unfortunately, it's 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 all time. I mean, some well, people have to deal. Was, they have to wait for time to heal say. their tragedy because you have to get further away from the extremity of it. Like the longer you sit and have something that you've had to deal with. Maybe the easier it becomes to deal with. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's not the case for everybody. That's what I'm going to say was like this, one of the saddest and most helpful things is that we get over everybody. Yes. Like your mom can die. Your dad could die. Your brother, whatever. It's, you know, that's horrible. And side note for any say. listeners, that will happen. People right. will die. Right. They will all die. And that's the great thing is that we we get over it. If we didn't get over it, we'd all kill ourselves when our parents died or our kid died or whatever. So the sad thing is eventually you're going to forget about that person. Yes. That's just how it is. There was an interview once with somebody has that – I don't know if you'd call it a condition, but that trait that – uh, where they remember every single moment from their life. Oh, my God. That and, is a torture. And so her husband passed away. And she was asked once, like, have you moved on? And she was like, I can't move on. I remember every single time he came home. I remember every birthday we spent together. The reason people uh, people can move on after a death is because, believe it or not, you forget what they smell like. Yeah, your brain can't hold she, on to it. Yeah. She said, I'll never forget what he smelled like. I won't forget how his hands felt to hold. And if you can't do that, if everything feels like it just happened yesterday in your mind, you can't. You literally can't move on because it's always right there. And so for us, sadly, we, but also it's healing, everybody, we just forget about it. We don't forget they existed, but we forget enough of them that it, we don't, or it doesn't emotionally affect us anymore. Here, here's what I think. I think you sit on this for a little bit. Don't feel so rushed to make a decision that you can't be friends and don't feel so rushed to make a decision that you can't hook up again. And don't feel so rushed to make the assumption that you guys can't end up being a couple because the reality is you really don't know when you didn't talk for a year, you would have thought, Oh, we're we're probably never going to talk again. Yeah. But then one email meant you were right back in it instantly. Instantly. You were right back in it. Right. Now it's just been a few weeks from getting some devastating information. But like I said, it could be the kind of information that isn't as weighty as it sounds. You know, I mean, obviously, this person would know more. I, we, sure. we don't know what was said or how but it was said. But do you think they or, can be friends? I think there is a world where they could be friends. Because you I do, do too, have just to. not how things are Are you now. friends with any of your ex-girlfriends? One. I'm friends with most of my ex-girlfriends. Um which is kind of easy to do as like adults for sure when you're like mature you've matured mm-hmm. and you're further away from the relationship and you're mm-hmm. further away from what you had and you're and you're you know you're married and they're married and there's kids blah 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 time mm-hmm. has like we said time has happened but there isn't a world like where after breakups with any of them I would have been like all right well all right I hope you have a great life one's like well yeah now we we're talking we talk yeah. We keep in touch. We wonder what each other's up to. Sure. And I think it's incredibly beautiful. I think it's a fantastic thing. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't keep in touch with everybody, but I think it's kind of a great thing. And I think this could be that situation where you go, yeah, but I just don't think we can be friends because we hooked up a month ago. It's like, but you don't know. You also don't know who you'll meet or who he'll meet in two months where you both go, you both agree, like, we both found a better thing. Yeah. Or we didn't. Let's give it a try. You know what I mean? Yeah. I bet you, and I'm willing to put 
all my money on this. You get an email on Christmas Day. Please message us if this happens. I think that's my advice. I'm going to leave it at that. I, I think you have to let time kind of predict what's going to happen here. I'm not going to say that's not sad and heartbreaking. I think when things can't line up time-wise, there's a tragedy to it. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, people being in different places at different times. I often think about the ending of Castaway, and it rips me apart. Mm. They're just in, they're, they didn't I change. They're not, they're it. the same people. They have yep. the same love. They didn't break up. Right. But now they're in different places because of what happened. And time got in the way and they can't change it. And that's just, that's, that's such a tragedy. It's something you can't affect and something you didn't cause. You can't change it. That's why the, the end of La La Land like rips me apart. I know. It's a similar thing. Where it's, it's just like, oh, it just didn't, it didn't work out. But you went off and became a movie star and I opened my club and each of us spend every day doing exactly what we, we love. We prioritized our dreams, but it, and we got our dreams. We had to lose each other to get it. We had to lose each other to get it. And that feeling of like, and I'm just a smile. Like, and I always say this to people: I go, "Do you think they're happy at the end of that movie?" And I think so. I think they probably both had a hard time going to bed that night. But but the further they got away from that, yep, reconnection, they were fine. They relived it. And they go, oh, but I'm sad again because I'm reliving those things. And it's like, but you're a different person now. Right. And I think I agree with what I think you're suggesting here. But uh, in TRT, mm-hmm. I think you got to open a jazz club. <laughs> I think that's where – is that where you were going with that? That is exactly where I was going yeah. with that. Uh, good luck to you. Take I don't know time. if this is great advice, but I tell you I don't what, this is a great conversation. But we mean what we're saying, and that's what we—that's the best we can do. Is that's that all we, we can do. We, we care about what we're saying. We don't say it offhandedly. Whether we're telling you to not uh, infiltrate your own emotions into your friend's wedding and try and fuck over Zach from last week, or you are wondering if you can be friends. Maybe right now you can't be, but also think, that person can't be what you want them to be to to you. So you know what I'm going to leave it with? Go do it. I'm going to do another hashtag outside of grow the show, which was keep yeah. in mind. That's our, that's a hashtag. Yeah. Today is not tomorrow. Hashtag today is not tomorrow. So if you're feeling this today, that's not tomorrow. That's today. I really like that. Right? Thank you so much. That's going to be at our merch table when you guys come and see us. We're going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. That'd be fun. <laughs> Start giving dates that we're not doing. That'd be fun, though. <laughs> but we do get some letters of people asking. We're at the Miami stuff. Podcast Fest. <laughs> Which we started. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, never the right time. Uh, eventually something will be, and it will also be the right time. It'll be the right thing. So sincerely, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Morrisquare. Summer's hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 